It's more than just talking cards. It's a collection conversation with the pros. This is Off Center with Tony Reed. This is Tony Reed back for episode 19 of Off Center with me. Uh, in studio yeah. with Chad Evans I'm once back. again. Yeah. You're pretty hard up on these guest hosts. That's right. That's right. It's that's you all right. And only you, Chatty. <laughs> and I, I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> so this episode 19 interview one of the greatest uh, college basketball players of all time, number one overall pick in the NBA draft, multiple time All-Star, sixth man of the year, college coach, Danny Manning. So the interview actually, to my surprise, appeared in this month's Beckett Basketball cool. Magazine. Look at you, it man. Just, it just... It just Kevin, our mailman, dropped it off the other day. I'm thumbing through, thinking nothing of it. And I'm like, hey, big picture, Danny Man. Wait, there's That's... my name on the other page. What do you know? How does that make you feel? Awesome. Yeah. I love print. I still love print yeah. more than anything. Yeah. It'll never get old. Just from the way we grew up, our era. Sure. I will never not love print media. It's yep. just. No, I totally agree with you. I Love totally agree with you. Touching it, feeling yep. it, the smell of the yep. magazine. Tangible. Pack, exactly. You Having hold it in your hand. That's exactly right. Yep. Love it. Love it. Love it. So it's actually out this month, I guess, technically. It just came out the other day. Awesome. So yeah, Danny Manning. I mean, what is there to say? College legend. Um, he committed to the University of Kansas, of course, became one of the greatest college basketball players in NCAA history. As a senior, he led the Jayhawks to the NCAA national title, of course. It was a one-man show. That's why the team was named Danny and the Miracles. Uh, he left mm. Lawrence as the school's all-time leading scorer and rebounder. As a senior, he won the Wooden, Naismith, and Eastman Awards as the country's best basketball player. Wow. Can't ask for much more than that. You forget about that stuff, man. He was a big deal. He was huge. He was drafted first overall in the 1988 NBA draft by the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, through his career, he fought through seemingly endless injuries, Still managed over 12,000 points, 5,000 rebounds, and 2,000 assists during his career. Two-time All-Star, sixth man of the year, retired following the 2003 season. So uh, he wanted his successful career as a coach, uh, became an assistant as alma mater of Kansas, took the head coaching gig at Tulsa, and most recently Wake Forest. He's he's moving on up to the top of <laughs> the NCAA like coaching ladder. Like theme song. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, without further ado, here mm -hmm. is my recent interview with Danny Manning. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So with all of those things being said, being a high-level athlete from a very young age, you know, you've signed your, your name and your autograph countless times for fans over the years. Do you remember the very first time you were asked for your autograph? And if so, could you share that experience with us? Um, well, I'd probably say... In high school, you know, we had some pretty good teams in high school. I went to two high schools, one in Greensboro, North Carolina, Page High School, and the other high school was Lawrence High. And um, my Page team, uh, we ended up being second in the country, won the state championship my junior year of high school. So I, I remember signing a few autographs then, and then uh, my senior year, we lost in the state championship game um, in Kansas. So I remember some, some young fans and supporters wanted autographs then. So that's probably the earliest memory I have of signing an autograph. 
Yeah, and like we said, you know, one of the greatest college basketball players ever, you know, Kansas all-time leading scorer and rebounder, you know, the 1988 NCAA title, of course, a, a huge moment in the history of the sport. You know, that year you were college player of the year, Naismith, Wooden, Eastman. I mean, truly the the, the list goes on and on. Um, at, like you said, by the time you were a senior in high school, obviously you were you were a pretty big deal. Uh, do you remember any early fan interactions that were that were special to you, whether it be those days or even throughout your NBA career? Is there is there one particular, maybe a few, uh, you know, just just general fan fan stories that, that come top of mind? You know what? Not not a lot of fan stories, but a lot more stories of people that know knew me or watch me grow up, and uh, you know, hear them say, "Hey, uh, you're you're doing well, or continue to do well, or we're proud of you." Those those probably meant the most when you hear that from a family member or you hear it from a teacher or a former coach. Those are the ones that you you know I, I reflect back on that you know probably have the most meaning because it was. It, it, it touched you in a way where you're just like, wow, you know, this person was someone who was pushing me to be the best that I could possibly mm-hmm. be. And now that I'm on my way and, and I'm, I've started my journey, um, they're, they're proud of the steps that I've taken. Yeah, and all that being said, you know, you've inspired so many over the years, kind of like you mentioned there, maybe even. Who inspired you as a young man, whether it be, you know, on the basketball court or off the court? Who are some of the people that inspired you to, to continue to be great at every level and strive to do what you've accomplished through your entire career? Well, for me, I had a lot of people that I consider, you know, mentors and role models. Obviously, my family, my parents, my father played professional basketball. He was someone that, he was a journeyman, if you will, by title. Um, played on a lot of different teams, but was an important piece to his teams because he did all the dirty work. He was a new guy. And I, I learned to appreciate that early on. So my father was, um, you know, someone that ended up being my biggest critic, but also my biggest fan and pushed me to be the best I could be and help me develop my work ethic. So my father and my mother, I mean, she was a school teacher. Um, and she always stressed education. Um, I had a grandmother that was a school teacher as well. So um, those two people were on the education side. And then, you know, for me, I had a lot of great coaches coming up, whether I was playing at Lewis Rec Center in Greensboro, North Carolina, or once I got to Mendenhall Junior High or Acock Junior High. Um, Page High School, of course, playing for legendary Mac Morris, and then going to Lawrence High School in Lawrence, Kansas, playing for Ted Juno, who's won state championships. So for me, I, I had a lot of people in my life that were great mentors and coaches for me. And then I also had a lot of friends that ended up being uh, guys and, and girls that helped motivate me to be the best that I could be um, growing up. So I, I just feel very fortunate. But I would say the teachers, um, the administrators I had in junior high and, and high school, um, all played a hand in being a great mentor and role model for me. Yeah, very cool, very cool stuff. So moving on to the NBA days, obviously you're drafted number one overall in 1988 NBA draft by the Clippers, of course. You went on to be a two-time All-Star in 93-94, sixth man of the year later in 1998. Uh, but your rookie cards actually appeared in 89-90, 1989-90 season in hoops and Fleer. Do you remember the very first time you saw yourself on, on a trading card in general, and what were your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean... Uh... 
I want to say that, you know, over in Kansas, they, they put out a card collection. Yeah. So that's probably one of the first times I really noticed myself on a card. Um, and then once I got to the league, it was, you know, fans and, and supporters started sending you cards to sign, and so you started seeing different cards. And, you know, I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was pretty cool because growing up, I collected cards. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of times I, I didn't collect them the way I needed to or <laughs> because I put them in the spokes of my bicycles and <laughs> yeah. things, of, things of that nature. But <laughs> I remember having tons of tons of cards. I believe they were Topps cards back then um, that I had the majority of. And the majority of them were baseball players. Yeah. But I had some football players, too, and the basketball not as much. So um, I, I thought it was kind of cool to actually be on a card, something that I collected that now maybe other people will collect um, throughout my career. Heck yeah, and you mentioned the bicycle spokes. That's such a common, you know, story from back then. That's why those cards are worth so much today, right? <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> They're all yeah, beat up or gone. That's right, that's right. Yes, yeah. Did, did you collect certain players? Like you said, you had a lot of baseball and maybe even some football back then, not so much basketball. Did you did you collect certain teams or certain players? Were you drawn to certain cards or anything like that? No, I'm not drawn to certain cards, more so the teams. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever teams you enjoy um, following. You know, for me, there, there were a lot of teams I enjoyed following. I followed the, the Boston Red Sox because I like Louis Tiant. Yeah. Um, I think the... the Pittsburgh Pirates with Burt Brylevin. He had an unusual delivery as well. Yeah. Um, the Big Red Machine, Cincinnati with Concepcion, Rose, and, and that crew. I, I, that was one of my favorite teams. So, you know, and growing up in North Carolina at the time, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers were one of the closer teams to us. So you followed them in the Steel Curtain and you know, me and Joe Green and L.C. Greenwood and Len Swan and Franco <laughs> Harris, you know, all those guys. So, you know, and, and basketball-wise, it was, you know, every Sunday the game of the week would come on and you would sit down and you would watch it after church or Sunday afternoon. And, you know, hopefully when you got your pack of cards, you got a few guys that you'd recognize. <laughs> Absolutely. You mentioned a lot of Pittsburgh teams. Man, the Steelers, they travel well. I mean, I'm in central PA. My wife's actually from just outside Pittsburgh. And, man, we, you go to the beach. You go you know, to, the, to California. There's Steelers bars and restaurants. I mean, it's such a, such a crazy thing. But, man, the Steelers, Steelers travel well for sure. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do. And, um, you know, I didn't, you know, growing up here, I just I didn't pay any attention in terms of the location. I just I just knew the logo and and, and the Steelers. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, like we said, the the storied college career, you know, the the pro career. Now you're into you know well into your coaching career. Do you have a an office, uh, a a man cave, a room where you kind of display, you know, trophies, awards, memorabilia from from your own career, things you kind of you know gathered over the years? Do you have a room or anything like that? I have a couple of areas in the house, but they're pretty not a room. My mother has one at her yeah. house. Um, so, you know, we have some that, you know, that are kind of not focal points, but part, part of the decor of the house. My wife does a good job with that. And then I, um, I've got a drawer of, of cards and then things of that nature that uh, I've kind of just accumulated over the years that, you know, at some point I'll end up passing down to my children. 
Very cool stuff. So what what's the one item that's kind of either at your house, at your mother's house, that's kind of the the centerpiece? I know you said they don't necessarily take up any uh, entire room, but is there one or two items that you're kind of most uh, most fond of, I guess? Yeah, there are a few. I mean, um, the 1988 Wooden Award is something that um, we display. The Six-Man Award from the NBA is something we also display. The College Basketball Hall of Fame medal is something that we display. And then a few trophies from, from coaching in college, a Coach of the Year award. I was fortunate and blessed to get when I was at Tulsa for Conference USA, some league championships, and some other memorabilia collages from teams from Kansas. And then, of course, the, the rings I was very fortunate to be a part of with, with Kansas to, you know, receive throughout my time as a player and then on the staff. But probably, you know what, probably the, the ring that's probably the, the coolest that I have is when I was playing for the Phoenix Suns, the Arizona Diamondbacks came into existence, and I was uh, a really, really bit small piece owner of that team. Oh, wow. So I have an actual World Series championship ring wow. the Diamondbacks beat the Yankees. So that's probably my, my most unique and coolest piece. That is awesome. I mean, just to, you, just the the things you mentioned. You know, you walk by the the Naismith Award or the NBA Sixth Man Award. I mean, that's just that's just craziness to someone <laughs> clearly who doesn't have that in their possession. You know, it's, that's a pretty pretty cool number of pieces. <laughs> yeah, I've been very fortunate, very fortunate, and very blessed. Great teammates and and great coaches. Yeah, so uh, you mentioned having a little bit of a collection today. Another thing that's kind of interesting in, in, in this day and age is the jersey swap, I mean, whether it be in the NFL or the NBA. I mean, did, did you guys swap jerseys back in the day? I know it wasn't as, as publicized maybe as it is now, but is that something that was as big of a trend that maybe we just didn't see back in the day, or was that something that just didn't happen back then? It happened, but not not a lot. Uh, more so, I, I thought we traded shoes more so yeah. when I was in the league. Um, that was probably a, a bigger deal or, or something that happened on a regular basis. After a game, you would, you know, get the shoes from a friend or, you know, a talented player in the league or, and things of that nature. Yeah, and obviously we know the sneaker culture, how that's blown up over the past, you know, 10, 15 years. I remember as a kid waiting in line for Jordans and stuff like that, and that's, like I said, that's blown up to such a degree. Do you Did you happen to hold on to, to sneakers, whether they be yours or the ones you might have gotten from, from fellow players? Not too many. I, I, I held on to a couple. When I first got into the league, I was under contract with Reebok, and I had a shoe there. So I've got that prototype somewhere in a awesome. closet or in a storage unit. And, um, you know, for me, I was able to collect shoes of players I played with and played against. And when I had my basketball camps in the summers, those were the gifts that I gave away. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So, you know, those were, yeah, I thought those were pretty cool and unique. Um, memento of the giveaway for, for camp prizes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, hypothetically speaking, of course, um, you know, like we said, just such a, a great college player, such a, a great long NBA career. Now, you know, run, a long career as a coach. Going back to your playing days, is there a player, regardless of era, that you would have loved to just have had as a teammate or maybe been an opponent of and tested your skills against? Is there is there a name or two out there where you're like, man, if, if we were in the same era, that would have been that would have been fun. You know what? There are a lot of players that I would have enjoyed playing up against or playing with just because of 
their talent and, and what they brought to the game. And so one would be Will Chamberlain. Mm. You know, he leads the league in scoring, rebounding, and one year he leads it in assists. I mean, he was, you know, he, they changed rules to limit his effect. Yeah. That's how good he was, how dominant he was. And so Will Chamberlain is the name for me. And then, you know, of course, I'm going to say JoJo White, um, just because of the, the history and his legacy at Kansas. And then, you know, I, I look out and I think it would have been cool to cross paths with LeBron. Mm. I, I retired my last year, um, which was the senior year of high school, and, and because I think he's a, a terrific player. But, you know, I'm very fortunate to have played with some of the guys that I've played with. I mean, you know, I look at on the all-time assist list, I played with John Stockton, I played with um, Doc Rivers, I, I played with Jason Kidd, I played with Steve Nash, yeah. Mark Jackson. You know, I've been very fortunate. And then, you know, uh, Charles Barkley, uh, Carl Malone, um, Sam Cassell, Ray Allen, Big Dog. Uh, you know, the list just goes on and on of how many guys I was fortunate and blessed enough to experience as a player. And so for me, I'm just, I'm just thankful for that time and very grateful. Absolutely. I know how much of a team player you are. You even mentioned our conversation numerous times. Not to put you on the spot or you know to call anybody out, but is there a, a favorite teammate you had? Maybe not, again, no disrespect to your other teammates, but is there a guy that you just kind of bonded with better or just kind of vibed with better than others over the course of your career? Is there a favorite teammate or two? Well, I think every team you're on, you have a teammate, a few teammates that you gravitate to. Yeah. But for me... Uh, without question, it would be Ron Harper. You know, Harper and I played I played more games with him than anybody in my career <laughs> in our time with the Clippers. And we also went through some, some similar uh, battles in terms of coming back from ACL injuries. And so, you know, I, I would probably say without question, over the course of my career, um, Ron was, Hart was probably the guy I was most closest with. But, you know, for me, I, I look back and it's, it could be a Joe Wolf, also my my rookie year, my first couple of years in the league, and then at the end of my career, spending time with Cliff Robinson, who recently passed away, or Hubert Davis, or Scott Williams. You, you know, I, I just I was very fortunate to to have some guys that I, I got a chance to to get to know pretty well and spend some time with. But, on all the teams that I played on. Absolutely. And one last thing before we let you go, truly do appreciate the time. Single greatest moment of your career. I know I've you know beaten this dead horse through our conversation here, your, your accolades and things of that nature. What is your single greatest moment, favorite moment from, from your athletic career to this point? Um, for me, it would be um, – I'm the only player in the history of the NBA to, to play with three ACLs. Mm. And so so for me, being able to battle back, persevere, and, and continue to play 15 years in the NBA in the midst of three ACLs is something I'm extremely proud of. Now, I have great doctors and Stephen Lombardo out of L.A., Curlin and Job, I'm Clyde Brewster, Johnny Doyle, Carl Horn, and many other countless therapists and NBA trainers that helped keep me healthy and helped keep me motivated to do my rehab. But mm. I'm, I'm very proud of that fact just from the standpoint of that was my path, that was my journey, and I was able to persevere. So there it was, uh, the great Danny Manning interview.
again, it's just always cool when you talk to a professional athlete who collected cards as a kid or who has a, a collection now. Danny collected baseball cards mainly as a kid. I uh, was a big Red Sox fan, big Pirates fan. He liked Louis Tiant, Burt Blylevin Ooh, for the Pirates. Yeah. But he also liked the Big Red Machine. He liked Pete Rose and Joe Morgan and Johnny Bench and all those cats. He loved the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Steel Curtain defense as a kid. So it was cool to, to hear him kind of reminisce about all those teams and all those players that he liked growing up. Because we all had those, those we guys. We were right we there all, with we him. We all had those guys yeah. growing up. So yeah. it's cool to hear hear him. And he said he would... He would get basketball cards, and him and his family. His dad was was a was a pro. He was a coach, so he he grew up in basketball. They'd watch the Sunday game of the week. That's all you got back then in, in basketball in the NBA. Sunday game of the week. He said he'd buy cards and hope he at least recognized <laughs> the guys on the cards on the, in the game. So the Sunday game of the week. The Sunday game of the week. My how times have changed. <laughs> Man alive. So yeah, just a really cool, really cool interview there. Again, as far as his cards, his 1993-94 Finest Refractor in PSA 10 form sold for around 100 bucks recently. He was a rookie in 1989-90. At least his rookie cards were. He was in, you know, Fleer and, and Hoops and the, the norm. Yeah. Um, again, junk era. So, unfortunately, a couple bucks a piece, maybe raw. PSA 10, maybe 50 bucks, maybe around there. Okay, I could afford that. Yeah, there you go. Nothing too crazy for Danny Manning, uh, card-wise. But yeah, that's it. Great guy overall, though. Great guy, great conversation. I just reached out to his team today, and uh, they were really excited to see it in print. He he got back to me. I'm going to send him a couple copies. So Get it autographed? Maybe. Like the Jerry Rice? I got autographed. (laughs) I can't. (laughs) That's like my everything. So yeah, Dan, I'll send Danny a couple copies. Maybe he'd be kind enough to send me one Great. back and it'll go on the wall, maybe. Oh, we got one more episode and it's one number more twenty. Episode twenty. Who do we got? We're sticking with, with the round ball, sticking okay. with the NBA, Nick Anderson. Nick Anderson. Orlando Magic. He was oh, part of those magical man. early nineties magic teams with Penny and Shaq and He played with Anthony 3D, Hardaway. Dennis Scott. Remember the, those teams were so fun to watch. Man. Yeah. So we're going to talk to him next. Nick Anderson up next. All right. Center with Tony Reed. See you next time.